Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, this week on CarCast, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Gordon Murray's new supercar, uh, which is uh, absolutely fantastic. It debuted today as we're recording this, so um, some very very cool stuff. Uh, but before we get started, just a word from our friends at Geico. Did you know that right now Geico is offering an extra fifteen percent credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's fifteen percent on top of the money Geico could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? You might as well go out and give it a try. Uh, there's probably never been a better time to save than with Geico. So uh, sign up before October 7th at geico.com to save an extra 15%. That's geico.com. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. Matt, the moderator, DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. How are you, buddy? How's the taxes? Doing, How's the I'm heat? Doing, doing great. So, you know, we're looking at five days over 100, so I'm, I'm ecstatic. I can oh. get my bikini on and go out by the pool. Uh, actually, I saw you out in the lake. I was following your Instagram, dragging Gage and the kids around, uh, like on a lake or something, right? Yeah, they look like they're having fun. They're on the big inner tube, dragging, just shooting off. Like When you're over 50, you, get, you reap the enjoyment out of videoing everyone and uh, uh, consoling them after they've been launched across the... the the lake yeah it was very entertaining uh, i'll be looked, uploading many more of those <laughs> it, it looked like they were having a great time out there and uh, uh it was a great it was a great bit you guys will see it on his instagram you're dragging you're out you're, you got the boat uh you're the kids are out on the raft being dragged by the boat they fly off you pause <laughs> for a second you see them splash around you're like yeah, they're alive. It's fine. It's good. I can <laughs> carry post on. it. <laughs> carry, carry on. It's good. Because um, if one of them would have died, I couldn't have posted it. No, so, no, no. But I had to scroll through all my other videos to find out the comparable one to post. Find out that they were doing good. Uh, so we've got some cool, uh, interesting news about uh, the McLaren announcement. Well, the Gordon Murray announcement that we want to get into. So we sort of got this timed up so we can uh, hit that. Before we get started... Uh, just another word from our friends at Dodge. It's, a, it's, a, it's time for Dodge Power Dollars, and that means for every horsepower, you get $10 off your purchase on Dodge Challenger, Dodge Charger, and Dodge Durango. So come in and can, uh, save on Dodge Power Dollars for a pretty sweet deal. Um, so as we, <clears throat> as we are sitting down to record this, there's some news that's out there. And, of course, the most interesting stuff that we're finding is Gordon Murray finally took the wraps off his uh, off his new supercar, his T fifty supercar. Gordon Gordon Murray uh, very famously designed uh, a series of F one cars and had a relationship with McLaren and did the McLaren F one, the three seater central driving position car. I love that car, Bill. I know you love that car. It's sort of a wish list amongst us all. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure everyone who had an opportunity to get one at one point is kicking themselves now because they keep going up 13 million, 18 million. They might be knocking on the door with 20 million dollars. They're going nuts. 
so there was a great uh, video presentation that came out with uh, Dario Franchini taking a tour of Gordon Murray Designs, Gordon Murray Automotive, and uh, they took the wraps off this car, and um, it's 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 pretty it's pretty cool. Uh, Gordon Murray's thing has always been about uh, lightweight, and from this car, from uh, the initial design in his head all the way up to what it is now, he set a goal of no more than one thousand kilos in weight, and he hit nine eighty, I believe that puts it somewhere around 2170 maybe 2174 pounds this is extremely lightweight in 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 today's world uh, under 2200 pounds uh, of a modern day car um, it the way to do that and and he'll explain it when you go in and you watch the videos and read some of the press about it is you, you have to design this thing from the ground up with weight savings in mind every single step of the way. The, the car is monocoque car, carbon fiber. The entire body is carbon fiber. Everything that could be carbon fiber is carbon fiber. Um, the, uh, the engine, he went to Cosworth and said it needs to be naturally aspirated. It needs to be V12. It needs to be lightweight. It needs to sound fantastic, and it needs to be naturally aspirated, of course, right? So um, what they came up with was 3.9 liter V12, 654 horsepower, 344 pound-feet of torque. Again, small, you know, small displacement, high revving, 12,100 RPM max. <laughs> <laughs> And, There's the uh, enjoyment. You know, and the uh, right there. Uh, peak power is at 11,500 oh, RPM. Oh, my God. And the power, the torque curve, the, the, I think the peak torque is around 9,000 RPM. So between like 9,000 and that red line of 11,500, that thing just must sound insane and just, just scoot. Now, he didn't release any performance specs yet because Gordon Murray's thing is like, I can tell you zero to 60, whatever, but everyone's going to go after that and test mm -hmm. it and beat it. He wanted to focus on the things that meant the most to him. Um, weight being one of them. Uh, this engine weighs 392. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it with uh, aluminum block, titanium connecting rods Jeez. the intake and exhaust valves clutch housing all titanium uh the the and i believe the gear driven camshafts and all the accessories a lot of titanium <laughs> on there when you get into the car with all of the carbon fiber it is a center seat car you sit in the middle it has two adults on the sides uh the the seats are all carbon fiber you have to be fitted in the car like you would the McLaren F1. The pedals, uh, by the way, proper manual transmission. It's a three-pedal car. It has a clutch. It has three pedals. The pedals are drilled out aluminum. The gas pedal is titanium. <laughs> it's just everything Never that he could do on this car. Awesome. Uh, he, he claims it's one of the most 
aerodynamically impressive cars out there, advanced aerodynamics. And when you see the car, we just looked at some images of it, no crazy wings, no crazy canards, over-the-top splitters, stick stuff sticking out. It doesn't look like a Pikes Peak car. It doesn't have wings all over. And how he did it was a little bit of a, a nod to F1 back in the day. He did the F1 car with the fan in the back, but that mm -hmm. was sort of like a, a heavy side skirts and the fan would suck the car down. The way this works is there is a fan in the back of the engine and uh, in the back of the car. And if, if you don't have the pictures in front of you, imagine yep. sort of a Batmobile-ish, sort of Tim Burton Batmobile, but instead of a jet engine out the back, there's a fan. And Great what it does is when that fan starts kicking in and spinning up, it sucks air through the various vents of the car. So it forces aerodynamics. When you think about your, your Ferraris and Lamborghinis and McLarens, and they say, hey, as the car increases in speed, the air flowing over the car and through these vents creates downforce and improves aerodynamics. And as the car goes faster, it improves downforce. Like mm. very famously, I forgot the exact spec, but like the, the Celine S7 was like, hey, if you can drive this car 180 miles an hour, you can drive it upside down because the downforce yeah. exceeded the weight of the car. Yeah. So you could, in theory, drive it upside down. So what Gordon Murray is doing, he's saying, well, I want those aerodynamics but it doesn't have to be at 190 miles an hour. So when the fan is on, it sucks the air through the car, creating these aerodynamics. It really is That's kind of crazy. It's, it's so cool to, uh, to, to see that kind of stuff in that thought process. Um, he's saying uh, his other goal, uh, one was lightweight. The other was to, to be the best driving supercar out there. Now, this is going to be interesting on how – he you achieve this because we've we've driven a number of supercars um a car that i actually very much enjoy that you've been in as well is the ford gt but the mm. ford gt is a little bumpy that 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 carbon fiber chassis is extremely stiff and there's not a lot of sound deadening material and you you hear rock noise and you and, you know yeah it's it's very much like a race car so I don't know what Gordon Murray's doing if he means, yes, it's going to be that. It's going to be very raw. It's going to be a little loud. It's going to be very stiff. Or is he coming up with a way of saying uh, just anything, who knows what, from, from where the rocks could possibly bounce off underneath this car to how he's dialing in the suspension to whatever. Uh, he wants it to be the best driving <laughs> car out there. Um, I don't, I'm curious to know who gets to drive them and when, what's going to be the, the, the methodology for press to drive the car. Obviously a car like this is not going to get in our hands. Uh, you know, it's not like they're going to send one here and they're going to create a press car. And we're all going to drive it. It's going to be a very exclusive opportunity. Um, the video that he posted up on his website, hosted by Dario Franchini. We love Dario. We've done many events, Monterey, Goodwood with Dario, uh, hung out with him many times. There's no better person than him to be the guy that probably, well, of course, hosted the video with Gordon Murray, but also to be the guy that, that gives us some, some feedback 
Uh, and I haven't watched all the videos yet, but I'd love to get his idea of what that car is like to drive. But pretty cool, pretty impressive stuff. Um, we know it's uh, it's going to be about three million bucks by the time you do the conversion here. It's about the size of of a Boxster, Porsche Boxster, seven eighteen Boxster. Um, so when you start seeing a lot of the designs um, and, and the photos of it, uh, don't think it's the size of a Lamborghini Aventador. Uh, uh, that was the other thing is is Gordon didn't want to build a car that couldn't be driven down the lane and maximize the use of a lane, even in streetcar driving. When you have a very, very wide supercar you, and you want to stay in your lane, you're, you could be whatever, a foot from each side. But on a smaller supercar, you could be two feet from each side. And now you can really take advantage of the room that you have. So small car is what he wanted. And yeah, Lightweight is what he wanted. Because of that. Yeah, great. Another vehicle that I won't be able to fit in. Awesome. Uh, possibly. But here's the thing. It's like you go and you get fitted for the car. So there could be, first of all, if you think about it this way, is one, if, if the seat, if you can fit in the seat or they can modify or custom make the seat for you, you have all the shoulder room in the world. Exactly. There's no way the you're not going to fit in the middle. Okay. Right. You could fit right. in the middle. Now, if the seat is fixed and then the rest, if the whole, uh, you know, the heads up, you know, the gauges, the steering wheel, the pedals, if all of that is moved to fit around you, you, you probably could. Of course. You could probably have more room in that car than any of the others. If you think about it, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah we all going to have to climb over the one seat to get to the middle seat. But it is set back. Yeah, but a you, bit. but if you remember, I mean, you've have you you've been in one of those, right? The the, yeah, the in, F one. And and and. But they're set back, are are they not? Well, the two side seats are set back, and the and the center seat yeah. is forward a little. Yeah, there's a little bit of climbing in and stuff, but that's part of the experience, right? Like exactly. this isn't like you're jumping in and out of the thing six or seven times just because you're going in now the grocery store and running errands. If you are, you're one of the luckiest people. On the planet. <laughs> yeah. Then, then yeah. you're not going to complain about it, right? You're not going to complain <laughs> no, about, Oh, what I really hate is climbing over the side seats over of my $3 million supercar. Uh, uh, pretty, yeah, it's pretty, like climbing over the, the parachute handle to get in the cockpit of an F 18. Oh, darn. You know? Yeah. Right. Um, Let's see. So we've got uh, 164 horsepower per liter, uh, six-speed manual transmission, rear-wheel drive. Again, why rear-wheel drive? He's like, I don't want to add the weight. And if you can't drive it with just rear-wheel drive, you probably should be driving it anyway. Exactly. Um, the, uh, the, the aerodynamic stuff is a little too much to get into. The fans go on, the fan goes off, vents open and close, and all this crafty, crafty stuff. A uh, 48 volt electric system, starter generator system, um, and then uh, uh, there's there's some way to even though it's a naturally aspirated car, there is a max boost uh, like a V max boost mode to it, and I think it has to do with the 48 volt system and how it powers the engine and whatever um, and. Uh, somehow that translates, although they're saying the engine is 654 horsepower, you do get temporary boost up to 690 horsepower. And it must be using some sort of electrification to make that happen. 
My question is, what's the average weight of an, of an Indy or an F1 car? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe Chris can look that up. But I think this car weighs less than a Miata. So. I know. But uh, <laughs> how much more than an F1 car does this weigh? 700 uh, pounds, six, 700 pounds, you think? Um, you know, that's a good question. I drove the Lotus V10 F1 car out at Thermal in Palm Springs. I want to say it was about 1,200 pounds, so maybe this is about 900 pounds. I mean, I don't know what the current state is. That's uh, sickening. I, that is absolutely crazy. And to be yeah. honest with you, I, I, I'm much more excited to hear it than to actually see it. Yeah, I want to hear it as well. I definitely <laughs> want to hear it as well. Of course, he worked with Brembo um, on the brakes. It's carbon ceramic brakes. It's 14.5 inch. Uh, yeah, 14.5 inch in the front. That's not the biggest in the world, but it doesn't weigh much. No. Right? Uh, sending a note to Chris. What does a modern AF1 car weigh? Uh, so 14 and a half ro inch rotors in the front, 13.4 in the back. Of course, they're all carbon ceramic. I imagine... Um, they're doing something with the caliper design. F1 car weighs 1631. So this car is uh, 1100 pounds, not even 1100 pounds more. It's, it's not two F1 cars. It's not that for sure. It's one and a half F1 cars. Yeah. Still though, that's, that's pretty crazy to think that that it's only that much heavier than, a, than an yeah. F1 car that's absolutely bare to the bones. I mean, <laughs> That's amazing. Somehow he also does it with a 700 watt 10 speak sound 10 speaker sound system with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. <laughs> oh well, shit! Now that it's got Apple CarPlay, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> Get right. Off here and, and reserve one of those 100 real quick, please. Uh, so production starts January of 22. Deliveries will happen later that year. Uh, 2.36 million pounds. Current translation is three. Point zero eight million dollars. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what world we live in. It's a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. Who? I don't. Know. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, if you have the money, it's not a lot of money. If you don't have the money, then we you get to oogle it like the rest of us do. I mean, I'm just surprised that you told me that that they're not completely sold out yet. Uh, from what I understand, a hundred of them will be built, and uh, the rumor is there there are a few available. I think it's just because some people were kind of waiting to see what it was going to be, what the pricing really was going to be. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, uh, Kenepa having exclusivity in the United States on that car, um, I don't know if he was taking reservations on it. I don't know if he was asking $5 million for it. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I know Kenepa and he's definitely in the business of making money. Uh, and, and, but who knows? I mean, I would like to think Kenepa's strategy would be, and Gordon Murray's strategy would be, Kenepa would create a list uh, or some sort of application process like we've seen before. Those people, those hundred, would be able to get the car uh, for stickers. And then when the car is available to be resold, uh, of course, that's when Kenepa steps in and says, I know the car. I'm the only one who can service the car. The best thing you can do is 
let me try to sell the car for you. I have the list, you know, I'll make a commission on it. And then of course he'll service the car, like get a client out of it. Don't just get a one pop payment out of it. In a perfect world, that would be, that would be great. Yes. I would imagine his people are the ones being trained to, to, to service the car. And by the way, if you're on the list and you get it and you want to keep it for a year and then you want Kenapo to sell it again, Kenapo's probably the guy you got to go to to get the car refitted for the new owner. Right? So, and again, what do you pay him? $10,000 to do that or something like that. Who knows what, like that's, that's the cost uh, to play in this world <laughs> which is nothing comparatively to the yeah. base price of the vehicle so. yeah it's a sort of play in this little this little realm uh that these guys are are, are in but um uh pretty cool it looks fantastic i don't like uh I, I do like that it's not over the top it's gonna be one of those interesting cars where you're like is the design gonna look a little dated quickly like it does have a little bit of F1 design to it. It does have a little bit of Jaguar XJ220, a little bit of Vector, you know, like not crazy over-the-top wings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I think it was last week you and I were talking about uh, the Mercedes AMG GT uh, uh, Black Series, mm-hmm. which that thing couldn't have more goddamn <laughs> wings and stuff exactly. all over it. Like that thing was 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 nuts uh by the way from last week to now um the most interesting interesting in a slightly disappointing way was that engine has uh, a flat plane crank in it and it is the most disappointingly sounding flat plane crank engine doesn't sound like the ferrari doesn't sound like the mustang like the gt350 uh and even amg's like uh, b-roll like press footage of that thing on the track and then like getting on it and like cruising and doing like their 60 to 80 mile an hour run you're like yeah i'm not i'm not really i'm not really hearing it that's been the one comment of people going hey man what happened to the sound you know like jeez, yeah. um they missed the missed the boat on that one i i guess they did i just so much emphasis on the performance of that car and uh you kind of really have to pay attention to to the sound because most of the people that have that car are are tooling around town they're not flat out on the racetrack you know we love that lap time but how many people are going to do it you know the guy who's going to drive that car wants to drive it around town and hit the cars in coffee and blast down their driveway if they live on a huge and have everybody know he's coming when he's six blocks down the road because yeah Right, you want to be able to hear that thing and go, "Ooh, what's what's showing up at the parking lot? What's coming Absolutely. to the cars and coffee?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's the Black Series," you know. So it lacks a little bit of that, but I don't know. I guess when we hear it or see it in person, uh, we'll know. But uh, who knows when that's going to be? <laughs> um, anyway, some pretty cool, uh, pretty cool stuff. Um, and then let's see. And uh, the the other news that we that we had out there was. It's funny because we we have the um, we have the the Shelby GT five hundred that we love, and then the guys over at Shelby American decided to uh, make it more. I don't I don't know just to to, to up it a, a notch. Um, I, don't know. Uh, I I don't know that it needs it, but listen if you if you're looking for some more exclusivity and a way to spend some extra money. Um, 
Shelby American out of Las Vegas has created the Carol Shelby Signature Edition versions of the GT500, the GT350, and the GT350R. So if you, uh, I believe it's a post-title package. So you go buy your car and then you FedEx it them to in, in Vegas and, uh, and they hop it up for you. The GT350, which they call the GT, I'm sorry, the GT500, which they call the GT500 SE Signature Edition. They take the, uh, the 760 horsepower uh, engines, the 5.2 liter V8, they, they swap the supercharger pulley. They do keep the normal supercharger on there. Um, and it does require 93 octane, which kind of screws us in California, but it makes it to, it takes it from 760 uh. horsepower to just over 800. Um, that comes with high volume intercooler, heat exchanger. Uh, they do uh, a carbon fiber hood, which I don't think looks different, but it weighs 30 pounds less than the factory piece. Um, they do add more aggressive suspension, has more aggressive springs, has a front rear sway bars, caster camber plates. Um, they do a forged aluminum wheel uh, and, uh, and a few things. Now, I think the suspension is already fantastic. And if you're getting one of the R model cars, it comes with carbon fiber wheels. So going backward to a forged uh, wheel, um, maybe mixes up the design for you or if you're looking to save your carbon fiber wheels so they don't get ruined but um that seems like a step back uh in my mind so uh i'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the shelby edition package i kind of like the exclusivity of it because they're only going to do a handful um a hundred they'll do a hundred cars a hundred packages on each of the cars i believe so of the GT500 and the GT350 and the uh, and the 350R. The which one are you getting? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, see. Uh, speed core, I forgot. Yeah, uh, I don't. I yeah, I keep hitting those guys up, and I'm, they're not they're not very quick on getting back to me. Either um, either they're not interested, or they don't like the numbers that I'm offering. Or, they got lot. They got. Look at what's going on with them right now. Yeah, they, they've got a handful <laughs> of things that's going yes. on. Uh, <laughs> Ralph Jill's over at uh, over at uh, at Dodge Chrysler and Fiat, the designer over there that we know and love. A uh, great guy. I, I believe he's doing a project with them. He's been teasing a project on his Instagram that he's building with Speedcore. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Um, but anyway, these Shelby packages for the, uh, for the GT350 and the GT350 are, um, similar packages, uh, uh, you know, springs, sway bars, forge wheels, cast chamber plates, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, the GT500 is about $30,000 for the Shelby package on top of the car and the 350 and the 350R is about $10,000. Uh, on top of the car because it doesn't really have a lot, uh, you know, like the carbon fiber hood and some things like that. So um, kind of, kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, necessary. Don't know, but you know, it's a, it's there. It's a thing. If you want it, it's a thing. Um, As if there aren't enough things out there. Right. Uh, question for you. Would you drive an electric pickup truck? 
Would you? Well, I guess Dodds is trying to figure that answer out, aren't they? Yeah, um, they are. That's the question uh, they're posing I, to people. You know what? Hey, that Rivian thing got us really excited a year ago. Um, and what, mm-hmm. it's coming out next year, beginning of next year? Yeah. Um, I was excited about it. I think it's a great idea. I mean, why, why not? I'd try it. I think, um, I think we're still in this phase where we're all talking about electric cars and in the media, and it's getting a lot of press because it's fresh and it's new and there's some cool new technology and it is the future, but there's such a small segment that are, are getting these vehicles now. Um, some still very pricey, still very expensive, uh, and kind of a niche thing and the infrastructure to charge it's not really there. Um, it will get there, but you know, it's like, uh, I've been driving this Polestar, this, uh, hybrid, um, car. It's gorgeous two door coupe built sort of in cooperation with Volvo and their parent company. And it's, you know, it's $150,000 and the interior feels very much like a Volvo. Um, but the hybrid technology is, is fantastic. Uh, instead of the normal, whatever, 17, 20, maybe 30 mile max range on electric only and the, and the hybrids, uh, the plug-in hybrids, if you will, this uh, gets about 70 miles of range. It does sort of make it a game changer in that respect. But mm-hmm. the price I equate it to, of course, all carbon fiber body and a lot of technology, they cut a bunch of carbon fiber body and, and a lot of underpinnings being carbon fiber for them to cut 500 pounds of weight off of the car if it was normally done in steel like a conventional car. That's a substantial took, amount. It is. And when you add the hybrid technology to gain some of that weight back, but if you created a normal hybrid car, 500 pounds is a lot of extra weight to haul around. If you think about how efficient the gas engine will be, the electric power will be, you know, with, with that reduction in weight, that's pretty significant. <laughs> So a lot of engineering and, you know, I, I think the technology that they're developing for this car is going to trickle down to other models and become more affordable. Um, they, they're not kidding themselves. They know that they're only going to sell about 500 cars a year for the first few years. I think their goal is 500 a year for three or four years, 1,500 cars, 2,000 cars as they develop more technology. But look, we've been there. At one point, everybody wanted a plasma TV and it was $50,000 to get one. And then they dropped down to, to 700 bucks. And, uh, and then plasma was obsolete. We all went to LCD and then LCD was the bomb. Now we're like, OLED's the way to go. And, and here we are that OLED's are 10 grand. And now they're back down to, you know, now they're $1,200. And now every time I walk into a Costco, there's an 85 inch screen TV with, with better picture than we've ever seen before. And it's 1700 bucks. Right. And, uh, uh, you just, the story of my life. Well, it's actually, you're not the only one. Adam and I talked about it last week, how, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel was moving into his new house at the time and he wanted the biggest and best. He's got like a a hundred inch flat screen TV paid $95,000 for Now he still has it, uses it, but, you know, now they're like 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, they're basically free at this point, you know, like, yeah. I mean, what's <laughs> And uh, Adam's yeah. like, I don't know, I guess he had to have it for. So in the world of early adopters in the technology world, I think Polestar is, is definitely um, uh, there. And it's a really 
good looking car. Like I would describe it as a handsome car. Like it just has like a strong line to it, like a strong jaw, if you will, but a very, I wouldn't call it a sexy line to it, but it's just a very handsome line to it as far as uh, uh, it's, you know, it's a two door coupe. So um, it's cool. It's very nice. So um, in the world of technology, Ram, on the other hand, is high volume. It's a very profitable vehicle. They're saying we don't, we're not necessarily hearing from our customers that they all want an electric pickup truck. They're open to it. And, you know, they could do a couple of things. They're saying, hey, we'll let the other guys do it first. They'll say, they're saying, we will start developing the technology. But as far as releasing the truck, we'll let the other guys do it first and we'll get some real-time sales results. Or if enough people come to them and say, we do want it, then they'll make it. So they're, you know, they're, they're trying to, to, to make the most efficient plan for themselves as, as far as how to roll this out. In the world of Rivian that we like and their partnership with Ford, um, we spoke to, uh, to uh, Jim Farley, the COO of Ford, um, not too long ago, and he gave us a little bit of insight on Bronco and a few other things. Um, and it was a great interview. We're going to have to have him back on uh, the show at some point. But it was funny because Farley on the Ford side is a nice guy, good to talk to, and he's sort of regarded in, in our side of the industry as one of the few guys that really is a car guy running a car company. Uh, Ralph Gills and a couple guys that we like about that. They're just not financial geeks and whatever. It Like he is a car guy. After we did the show with him, he and I emailed back and forth and he was showing me like his Cobra and his GT40 and his track car and him racing at Goodwood. And, and we, we did a half a dozen emails back and forth and just vintage racing and stuff. Um, so today's announcement again, other than the Gordon Murray announcement was uh, he's the next CEO. Um, they made the official announcement today. He's the next CEO of Ford. Um, he's going to step into the role officially October 1st. And then between October 1st and I think April of next year, uh, Hackett, the current CEO, will be on a sort of an advisory role to, 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 to hand off the reins and you know, show him where everything is all the bodies are buried, if you will, and, uh, and do it that way. But um, I, think, uh, I think Hackett did a fair enough job on uh, getting Ford situated with um, some good future steps, technology, and um, you know, uh, electrification, and Rivian investment, things like that. And now we get to see a guy like Farley step in, uh, a car guy. Uh, by the way, a veteran of Ford. Uh, you know, he's been there for, for over a decade. Um, and uh, William Ford, uh, I believe, is the great-grandson of Henry Ford. He's chairman. Um, he sort of sits at the top of the, uh, of the heap over there. Um, he and his board said, uh, every time we created a list of potential CEOs that were outside of the company and we did a... a, a a, a test, it's sort of a comparison. Um, Farley kept getting to the top of that list, and it just became like he was kind of our guy. And then, as we started to compare him to other options, we realized more and more he was our guy. Our guy. 
And uh, I kind of like that. So um, I'm a fan of that transition. Um, uh, and, uh, you're a big fan of the brand. You're a fan of the transition. So, I mean, let's see what's going to happen in the next couple of years. It should be pretty exciting for you Ford guys. Yeah, I think it, I think it, um, I think it will be, but uh, uh, let's do this. Let's, Actually, uh, it's exciting for everybody because, you know, they all have to compete, right? So one brand brings it up and everyone else has to. Yeah. To you know, and I, I think a lot of other car companies, the executives and, and, and whatnot of these car companies are fans of Farley as well. I think there's a lot of, of hey, that's a good move. We like that. Mutual guy. respect. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they know it's going to do good for the business. Right. And that's why like Jill's and, and guys like that have been around at their companies for 30 years, basically yeah. their entire career there. Uh, Dave Merrick at, at Honda mm-hmm. and Acura has been there basically since school. Uh, because yeah. these are, you know, these are the guys that we love out, you know, sort of with outside of those companies, but within the industry. And then mm-hmm. people within the industry love those guys. And they're constantly just cheerleaders for the whole, for the whole industry. They're cheerleaders for cars They're cheerleaders for design. They're cheerleaders for engineering. And, and I don't know, I just kind of love that side of it. Right. It's cool. Um, so it's good to see those kind of guys. I mean, Hackett was a good guy, but like Hackett was the corporate guy. He came from, I don't know, uh, Steelcase, I think was the company. He does, you know, the, um, they do, uh, like office, office supplies, yeah. like yeah. Uh, the high end chairs and cubicles and, and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff. They're sort of the snap on tools of offices, <laughs> gotcha. right? Like really expensive uh, equipment. Uh, he was that guy, but, um, but yeah, cool. Good stuff. Uh, anyway, I, another shout out from our friends at Dodge. If you guys know, summertime is the best time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because Dodge is offer, offering power dollars, which means you get a guaranteed discount. The math is simple. You get $10 off based on the total horsepower of your new Dodge vehicle. And it doesn't matter what. Right? You can get a 2020 Challenger, 2020 Durango, 2020 Dodge Charger. You get the most out of your horsepower this summer. With $10 off for each horsepower, you can go into the dealer, pick yourself up a Dodge Charger SRT Scat Pack. It's got 485 horsepower. You'll get $4,850 off. And this summer, Dodge Power Dollars is back on the Dodge Durango as well. And when you're behind the wheel of a Durango, you're behind the wheel of a performance-driven SUV. So whether you're rolling around with friends or family, you'll be able to fit everyone with Durango's seven passenger seating. And then we've seen, they just up the horsepower on that damn thing. So that thing is, is, is more badass than ever. So uh, get more power, you get more off. It's that simple. Hurry into your local Dodge dealer now and take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. I saw uh, some great posts uh, from you and from Gearhead um, doing a lot of work on the car. And uh, maybe these are just later posts. Maybe they're uh, hustling along. But roll cage being done. Uh, the turbo stuff is getting packaged in the car. I saw the parachute mount uh, being done, which I think is fantastic and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> and I sent him a radar detector, you know, to be hidden somewhere in there just for fun, just to say yeah, got one. Right? Because now's the time. Say, here's a few bits we want to put in there. And, uh, you know, can you get it in there? Try it out. Um, got all the turbos, uh, got the motor put back together. The front end's going back together today. Uh, we spoke, I spoke to Dave, uh, HREs, uh, got some gnarly wheels we're going to pull out for that car. Talked to Nitto about the tires. And yeah, Gearhead should be winding down here in the next couple weeks. And then, you know, we know, we all know about the indecisiveness of SEMA at the point. So, 
Right. Um, we're going to have to figure out a launch for that car. I would imagine it's going to be up at uh, the Speedway up in Wisconsin again. If, yeah. if SEMA does not happen, then, then we'll do it up there. But um, I would imagine Speed Corps is going to have the car for wishful thinking would be three weeks to a month. But I'm sure it'll be a little bit longer than that. And, you know, then we can, then we can rip up and down the track. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't really anticipating it was going to be done that quickly, but uh, I don't think so. it will be. But like I say, I'm wishful thinking, and you know, let's be honest. Everybody shoots for that SEMA date, right? So, yeah, I, what what part of me actually believed that I was going to get to see and or drive the vehicle in August or September? That part of me is is I don't know, pretty stupid because that <laughs> that that was not the. That, that, I don't think that was ever the intent by any stretch of the imagination. So I think that's yeah. their date and they're going to stick to it. So I'm cool. I'm fine. You know, uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, I'll be happy with uh, anything that they present me because I know that uh, Dave's going to put the speed core touch on it. And that's the only part that I really don't know definitively is what it can, what's it going to look like, you know, whether it be the stripe scheme, whether it be the color um, I'm leaving it up to them. So, I guess I'll get to see the uh, debut, the the finished product when everybody else sees the debut. Now, without posting anything, has he? You've discussed a few ideas. Has he sent any any renderings or anything? Going, hey, this no. is maybe what blue would look like or red I don't would look think like. He's or gonna, I, I honestly no. don't think he's going to do that to me. I, um, I don't think he's going to afford me the option or, or the ability to do that. I, I think. I think that based upon their past history, they have the confidence that whatever they come up with, I'm going to be absolutely floored with. And let's be perfectly honest, I'll tell him if I'm not, and he can fix it. But I, I'm sure what he's got you know, in mind is going to just knock my socks off. Yeah, it'll be good. And this is the, the beauty of these projects, like all of our projects, they can evolve. You can debut that thing one way, and in a year from now, you can mix it up and wrap it, paint it, change something, you know, like well, that's, that's what's going to happen. So that's, that's my question. I had a question. So all the cars and everybody's uh, uh, shooting for that SEMA date, right? Yeah. God forbid, you know, SEMA get canceled, but Hey, there's, is a possibility that it still goes on. If it doesn't go on, mm -hmm. um, what are the, what does everybody do with that car? They were going to, that they were going to debut at SEMA. Did they bring it for next year? I, right? I mean, Do I think they, there's a few things. I, I think I think a few people bring it for next year because people like to see the car in person. Um, I'd like to see some people do, I don't know, some online debuts, some video debuts, uh, some things like that. Like, you know, let us see it at least virtually. Let us hear it at least virtually. I'm waiting for some then, virtual creativity. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, we get more anticipated of seeing it in person at some point. Um Look, a lot of cars, like, you know, our friends Ring Brothers, they oftentimes, uh, almost always, debut something at SEMA, but then it goes on tour for a year. It's at good guy exactly. show, car shows, because they want people to kind of see that thing up and close in person, because you really need to see it up close to really appreciate the details. So, but, without um, SEMA, but without SEMA, and those events possibly still, let's say that they go on, okay? Yeah. What do you debut that car at a lesser event? Or, you know, what's your – I mean, everybody's got to have a fluid strategy. I'm just really curious as to what people are going to do. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know that people have uh, a definitive plan. And I think there's not going to be a 
a one strategy for everybody. I would propose if you guys can't debut at SEMA, then you, you try to put something together to do a, a badass video reveal of the car. Walk around, reveal, talk about the car, hit the car, and then say, whenever we can, we will bring it to an event. Uh, and, and by the way, it may change. It may evolve over the next 18 months from event to event. Absolutely. You know? But I it think may, it's really a good opportunity for people to take advantage of a situation that's you you know that's usually so grandioso and so extravagant you know yeah. such as SEMA to really invent a way of debuting a car and then creating so much excitement that when these events start every single one of them is going to be worthy of seeing that vehicle because it's created such such a frenzy you know I I, I just think it's yeah. a different opportunity. You know, if for you, people to really create a special moment for a debut of a car, wherever it may be, but have people follow up virtually, you know, and keep them on the hook. That's all. There is a little bit of, of a case study here, a successful case study. If you look at Ken Block, Ken Block's Jim Connor videos. Exactly. Is, is he's debuted cool shit. Like, you know, his unicorn Mustang. About. It's given people the opportunity to be yeah. creative. And think he, of what Ring Brothers can do. Think of what think of what uh, Detroit Speed can do. Yeah, you know, think oh, of absolutely. all these entities that that are creative on, on their own that could really during this time put something badass together. I'm actually excited for the opportunity to see it. You know, yeah, I think so too. And 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 Ken Block is the example. He will take a car, debut it with the most epic, you know, Jim Connor video ever because he can do that. Uh, and then who knows when you get to actually see the car, but when you do now, you're like, Oh, this is, exactly. this is box car from his video. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, so there's a little bit of a bit of that. So let's, you're right. Let's get creative with it. And, uh, and everybody should, and hopefully people can, uh, can do some, some cool stuff. Well, yeah. Instead talk. of sitting on your ass waiting for SEMA to make a decision right now, come up yeah. with the coolest way humanly possible to Ken block it or debut. However you want to debut it, whatever right. bells and whistles you want to have. Just get creative, and I'm really excited to see how people do it if they choose to do it. That yeah, um, and 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 there's everybody can kind of do their own thing. That's the beauty of it is do whatever fits your budget or your resources or your timing or whatever, and uh, and it's all it's all good. We're all going to watch it. We're all going to be participating. Um, SEMA should have a virtual show like that, and have hey, we're the talking top, about you know what, the can they do it online? Presenting, you know, the unveilings. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you on it. I, I, I just think the timing is kind of an issue. Like, uh, by the way, all the SEMA booths, uh, these companies, they, they have their booths or often own their booths, and some of them store them in Vegas. Uh, if you think about the cost of SEMA and going out there, um, and again, I'm proposing it. I don't know the actual numbers, but uh, what's the cost of, of Edelbrock or Comp Cams or Holly Going someplace to a big warehouse or soundstage or parking lot, setting up their booth, and then having their guys walk you through all the new products, film everything, bust it out in a couple days, take the booth down, put it in storage for next year, and put those videos out everywhere. You know, uh, uh, I, I maybe we know them. something. That I, 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 <laughs> I'm dying to watch them. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm saying. You know? Yeah. 
Me too. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up. Uh, I'm going to be heading out to uh, Monterey. We're doing a track day up there. Monterey hey, Car Week's been safe. canceled. So there's a driver appreciation week is what they're calling it, although it's just a uh, track weekend. And uh, uh, Adam and I are going to go up there. We're bringing Sonny. We're going on a little vacation. Sonny's going to have some fun. And Adam's going to drive a car. His different drummer, Dotson 510. Uh, it should be kind of fun. So we're, we're gearing up to go do that. Hey, um, let me let me let me mention something real quick. I just got yeah. involved. With, you know our buddy Daryl Gwynn, right? Yeah. Uh, I just got involved with Daryl, and it's a. Uh, I'm going to participate in the Daryl Gwynn chapter of the Bonacani Funds Wheelchair Challenge. Okay. Um, and they're going to be sending me a wheelchair. My goal is to raise ten thousand. My goal is to live in the wheelchair as long as humanly possible for myself. Uh, perform every day activities and do whatever I can to try to see what it's like on the other side and uh, raise $10,000. Once I raised, uh, once I hit the $10,000 mark, I challenge another celebrity. I think I'm probably going to go out to Bill Elliott or something since we're keeping it in the car world and our buddy Leah Pruitt's doing it. So, uh, okay. Stay tuned. I'm going to, I'm going to be posting my stuff on Instagram soon. And, uh, you know, it's the 30th anniversary of, uh, I guess it's paralysis. Uh, and so it, it, it's the, it, no, it's the 30th anniversary of, of Daryl's wreck, actually, is what it is. Okay, yeah. Um, and then, I guess, uh, September's paralysis month. And so it, it all kind of comes at, at, you know, that certain pertinent time that we need to raise awareness. So people, please watch out and uh, donate when you can and uh, watch me try to uh, try to survive in a wheelchair. So okay, so we're going to follow your social media, follow your Instagram. You're going to give us the calls to action, uh, you know, where to donate, things like that, right? Absolutely. Just got cool. the information today, but I'll be posting it up soon. And we'll, we'll share it on our social media as well, Motorator and CarCast Show. So we'll take a look, uh, take a look for that. Cool. That's going to hey, be maybe interesting. I send, maybe I send the chair to Corolla. There you go. Try that. <laughs> um uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be fun. I don't even know if we can get in and out of the building, but we can find out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you guys next week. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the week. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Thanks so much for listening. And as you guys have already heard, you could be saving an extra 15% on uh, credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies with GEICO. It's 15% on top of the money that GEICO can already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? You should go and do it. There's uh, never been a better time to switch to GEICO than now. And if you save an extra 15% when you switch before October 7th. So visit GEICO.com for more info. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.